Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for my team selector ahead of the game tomorrow against Leicester. King Power Stadium, 3pm kickoff in the Premier League. Can Graham Potter's Blues make it three wins in a row? I can't believe I'm making a preview for a game this season or recently and I'm actually optimistic about watching Chelsea play football. I mean, it's a nice feeling, isn't it? Hopefully we can have it a bit more. So you're not quite sure at the moment how long it's going to last for in terms of feeling good around Chelsea. But it's a nice feeling. Let's hope Graham Potter and the players can can keep it that way for the rest of the season, really. Because it, it's, a, it's a nice one after that Dortmund win. If you're new around here, if you want to see more Chelsea content, please hit that like button. Also hit that notifications bell so you don't miss any of the uploads. If you're listening on the podcast feed, thank you so much. So much for tuning in son of chelsea is a part of the 90 minute podcast network on my team selector as it says on the team we're going to be giving you my predicted 11 but also looking at the opposition looking at the team news from graham potter's press conference all of that good stuff we're going to start off with just chelsea and kind of a general view because if we can make it three wins in a row tomorrow, um, just a sense of optimism and momentum that builds from that. Like we see kind of a negative spiral, how quickly that can build up and how players lose confidence so quickly. I think it can very much go the other way, as we've seen in the past with Chelsea. And it, you really got that sense on Tuesday. My hope is it isn't a real downbeat kind of boring affair. And kind of all the energy was used on Tuesday. I really want to see, even if there are some enforced changes tomorrow, that kind of general level of performance and concentration continue. And the good things we've seen in the past two performances can continue as well. Because it just builds and builds and builds. I mean, it, listen, Chelsea will have another setback at some point. That's, that's obvious. But I do think there is a lot to be optimistic about if Chelsea can win again. Uh, because it just, you know, builds that sense of, of happiness around Stamford Bridge on a very basic level. No, no matter where, you know, if Chelsea clearly unlikely to get Champions League football in terms of qualifying through the Premier League. But there could still be a sense of Chelsea ending the season in a positive way. So let's hope they can do that from tomorrow in a Premier League sense after that Champions League win against Borussia Dortmund. Looking at Leicester... It's not good for them. It really isn't because I, I only just realized this when I was getting stuff ready for the preview today that they are only two points above the relegation zone. They lost to Southampton. That's something they have in common with Chelsea ahead of this game. 1-0 away from home at St. Mary's last weekend. They missed some big opportunities, which is similar to Chelsea as well. Uh, but it's not looking good for Leicester because if Chelsea were to win tomorrow or even you know Leicester don't win tomorrow a uh, draw and then one of the teams below them be that West Ham uh, for instance or one of the others Leeds Everton win they could really be dragged into it and I, I think you could assume they are in that conversation based on that only two points above I mean that is not a massive margin for error uh, so it, it's not looking good for a, a team under Brennan Rodgers who at one point were competing with Chelsea to qualify for the Champions League. You know, how quickly those things have changed. They've lost four of their last five games. They haven't scored in their last three Premier League games. They have the third worst defence in the Premier League. And, you know, those kind of star players that they had consistently to lean on have con consistently been sold. And that is something that they've struggled to replace financially without European football, without getting that Champions League place, which would have been a massive boost for them. And the continuing questions around Brendan Rodgers, you know, how long is he going to remain at Leicester? And kind of the perception of him as a head coach has kind of gone down over the past year. I think there was maybe a belief maybe from him as, as Leicester head coach when he was getting them close to the Champions League, when he was winning the FA Cup with them and, and getting a lot of plaudits for the style of play. 
because that's dwindled so much, I think you, you are wondering where he's going to end up next if he does leave Leicester. It doesn't feel at the moment like that there's going to be the jump up. I mean, we could see a situation, I, I could see a situation, for instance, where he turns up at Spurs maybe at the end of the season if, they, if they're looking in a new direction with a head coach after Conte. But it, it just shows you how quickly the perception in football can change. It's not like Leicester have had no good wins this season. I mean, they did batter Spurs 4-1 a few weeks ago. Um, but in terms of recent performances and in terms of where they sit in the Premier League, it is not a good place to be for them, particularly from a defensive point of view. Because that has always been one of the things that has been pinned at Brendan Rodgers since his Liverpool days in terms of defensively weakness, particularly from set pieces, which... I always think that Leicester is is a great avenue for goals. It's just they, they've always struggled to defend at set pieces. And I don't think that's been uh, really focused on and massively improved under Brendan Rodgers. But they are still conceding goals in other ways. So hopefully Chelsea can exploit that tomorrow. I still would say there are, there are players within the side to look out for. Harvey Barnes and James Madison are the two that really stand out here. They really do. Uh, Harvey Barnes, I think, is a really exciting winger has had some injury setbacks in recent years, but I do think has got a bright career ahead of him. Really direct, can also produce goals. I think he has scored against Chelsea in the past. And James Madison, I, I do believe this is probably going to be his last season at Leicester. Uh, there's been constant chatter around Newcastle coming in for him. It does feel like for him as kind of that creative player that has so much burden on him now in this Leicester team with so many players leaving in recent years. You know, he has to do things in this team and he does have those moments within him. Uh, but maybe just a little bit more consistency would help him. But I do suspect that at the end of this season, if Leicester stay up or not, it's probably the right time for him to move on. And hopefully he doesn't have a very big performance against us tomorrow. So I would say that, you know, Leicester are, are going to be a, a difficult test, I think, for Chelsea. A tricky and awkward test in the sense that this is a team who need a, a response, a bit like how Chelsea did against Leeds and Borussia Dortmund and that makes it a dangerous game to just walk up and Chelsea have a sense of complacency about this but there is absolutely things about Leicester that I think should encourage Chelsea that we can get joy in the game tomorrow I really do we're going to move on to my predicted 11 and, and also looking at what Graham Potter said in the in the pre-match press conference in terms of players out unfortunately Reese James has fallen ill so he's not available for the game which is a Massive blow and just a great frustration given, you know, you want to have Chilwell and James on the same pitch for a number of games. Just can't seem to happen. Um, who else? Raheem Sterling apparently suffering with a, a tight hamstring. So he's unlikely to be involved again. A player who scored in midweek, you would have hoped would start to build some momentum. N'Golo Kante still not ready. I would have suspected he would have been ready for this game. But apparently now Everton is going to be uh, the time to bring him in. But we will see where that is in a week because as I've consistently said this year, I mean, it, it, I cannot see N'Golo Kante play more than 10 games this year. I just can't see it. Uh, and more and more that prediction looks stronger by the week every time Graham Potter says he's not ready. But um, we will see if he's ready. Hopefully he'll be ready at least for that Champions League quarterfinal because I'd want Kante ready for that. So then it begs the question, who comes in for those two players from midweek? Who comes back in, say, from the Leeds team, the changes that Graham Potter did make against Borussia Dortmund and that kind of that difficult balancing act after you've had such a great performance uh, and some of those players like Amarco Correa who really showed up and, and put in such a, a brilliant performance, you know, do you keep with that momentum? So I think it's a difficult balancing act. We're sticking with the 3-4-3 because that, for me, is the formation now. I just think you want to stick with that. It's working. It's got you two wins. It's got you two clean sheets. Uh, and there are certain players I just... I, 
with my predicted 11, I don't want to change things too radically. I want to keep the, the basis of that shape, the connections that are starting to, to grow in this team. I can understand people disagreeing with me and saying there are certain players, say, on a, in an attacking point of view that you'd like to see come in for this game. But I think consistency and just familiarity and having that chemistry between players is really important at this point in the season for, for Graham Potter. It really is. And I'd like to keep a lot of that if you can. So as you can see with my team here, we are bringing in Benoit Badiashile just simply because I think I don't think Badiashile's done that much wrong uh, to lose his place. It's very harsh on Mark Kukurea, it really is. There's not a midweek game that Kukurea could easily get an appearance in. And, you know, we'll see if Graham Potter, you know, has a lot of trust and faith in Kukurea to give him that opportunity. Whether he plays on the left side of a back three, I think that is probably the most likely place he pops up in this game. I am going to give it to Benoit Badiashile because uh, I just I like watching him play. I think as a defender, he's really asserted himself well. I think aerially, he's very dominant. I think he's a very measured defender, uh, but also gets Chelsea on the front foot, which is, I think is what you need from those wide centre-backs. Kaladu Koulibaly is asserting himself well on that front as well. This is really becoming his spot now in his back three for Graham Potter. And Wesley Fofana, another really, really good performance in midweek against Borussia Dortmund. And I think from set pieces against his former club, could be a really devastating player for Chelsea tomorrow. We will see. In terms of the wing-backs, Ben Chirwell, also against his former club, um, had a great performance at the King Power last season and had a great performance in midweek. You know, I just think momentum with Chirwell, you keep playing him and particularly the outlet that we now have as a wing-back. For him to make those inward runs, you know, on the overlap too and, and maybe hitting that ball long to him, I keep on saying that's such a great outlet for Chelsea to maybe bypass a sort of a, a low block if possible uh, and create those options. So I think Chirwell, in terms of creatively if he can get those low crosses into the box and also offensively we know at times he can score a goal himself let's hope he can do it against Leicester I'm going to stick with a double six of Mateo Kovacic and Enzo Fernandez. Uh, I just felt they worked well in midweek I think they had a, a nice balance of energy and, and cover is a, a senior midfielder, midfielder at the moment Dennis Zakaria is starting to get more appearances off the bench um, I am noticing that you know in, in, in the past two games Potter has called on him whether he comes in and starts this game I think is an interesting question but again don't want to change things too radically and I, I don't quite like the idea of having another midfielder kind of a more defensive minded midfielder in this game I still want to have an attacking intent here and then Ruben Loftus-Cheek is the right wing back uh, Ruben's not perfect in this role but he has he's, he's a steady player for me um, the only other alternative when you don't have Reese is just the problem we're going to have till Malo Gusto comes in in the summer is then you probably have to adapt either you go to a back four or effectively you put maybe Conor Gallagher there or you put, say, a Mikhailo Mudrik and Oli Manawake, or if, as we've seen, Hakim Ziyech, you basically put a winger in that role. Maybe Potter has the confidence to do that tomorrow against Leicester, who he, maybe he feels superiority. You know, Chelsea will have a lot more of the ball and can have that license with Fafana behind him to kind of push someone up. Not completely opposed to that, whether you're going to put Manawake there, or even we've seen Christian Pulisic at time play as a wing-back, I think, for Tuchel and a little bit for, for Potter as well before Christmas. But I, I just think it's more likely, based on the players he's using at the moment, he goes with Loftus-Cheek as his right wing-back in this game. The front three, Joao Felix and Kai Havertz are the two I'm sticking with. Kai Havertz had a really good performance in midweek. And again, it's just keeping that consistency. Can Kai Havertz show similar things again? It's a frustration that Raheem Sterling isn't there to keep the same front three. The thing for me with Joao Felix is, is just him having a stronger performance for a longer period in the game. I think the biggest problem Joao Felix has had so far at Chelsea is he fades in games quite quickly and, and, and 
really obviously uh, in games. You know, he has he has good periods, particularly in that first half, first 20, 30 minutes. It seems post the break, sometimes he can really fade out of a game. And that's not what you need from someone who I see as someone that you're, you're getting into those kind of dangerous positions in between the lines, threading things together, sometimes being the finisher himself, as we saw against West Ham. And at times he has, you know, been in dangerous positions to finish chances. Uh, but I'd like to see that a little bit more. But I do think Felix and Habits, they seem to have a nice chemistry built up together. I think profile-wise, they help. And then you've got Kai Habits who can very naturally go into that right channel, which he prefers. Lastly, the reason I'm putting Gallagher here, and I know people have been screaming about Mikhail and Mudrik. They've been talking about um, Christian Pulisic obviously coming back. I just want to address the, the Mudrick thing. I have found it weird, and I said as much in my Leeds review, that in certain situations, I just don't understand why Mudrick hasn't come off the bench. But the one thing I would say is, when you're Graham Potter, when you're a coach, and when you're winning games, and when you're, the subs you're making, like a Conor Gallagher, are proving correct in games for what you need at that specific time, I don't really think people can get too angry about it. And as well, the thing that has been pointed out, and I think you can make the comparison to the, and, and the example now of, of Marco Carrera, the way he managed that player in a difficult moment, was maybe it is a young player who's come into a new country who actually didn't play a lot of football before his debut at Anfield. And defensively, I think people pointed out maybe not as strong as some of the other players that you could put in this role. And maybe just, you know, phasing him into life at Chelsea. Rather than going 100 miles an hour with him, throwing him into the fire, he doesn't adjust well and he has a knockback in confidence. There's a lot of variables when a player moves, particularly a young player with all that price and expectation. And this is a guy who hopefully is going to be here for the long term. So the fact that he isn't playing a couple of games now, I don't think is the end of the world. But I would like to see him feature a lot more. So I don't think people should be going overboard just because he hasn't played in two games. I think that Mudrik will absolutely get back into this team at some point and hopefully will show that that talent that Chelsea heavily invested in but I'm going to go with Conor Gallagher here because he's been trusted off the bench in the past two games and I think Gallagher offered things off that bench that were really impressive in terms of that pressing now in terms of a profile yeah it's it's off the bench it's late in the game when Chelsea don't have a lot of the ball and he has to be you know off the ball a lot more it's more of a challenge, say, when Chelsea are at the start of a game and need to be creating. You know, he's come off the bench at a time when Chelsea has been leading. You know, it's, it's he has to kind of take the burden of creating opportunities here. But I do like getting Gallagher closer to the goal. And I do like, like those intangible things that Gallagher brings. And I think that Gallagher just feels like a player that Potter is trusting. And I feel that could get a start sooner rather than later. But he does have more, I guess you'd say, obvious options as a right winger um, player and it's a sort of link with Habits and Felix I think Nordi Madawake comes top of the list there uh, and maybe even Hakim Ziyech but Ziyech I'm not sure how many minutes he should be getting for the rest of this season if he isn't in, in the long-term plans but those are my thoughts and, and my predicted 11 um, really hopeful for tomorrow that we get a good performance and get a good result and um, just keeps that momentum going and how quickly football can change and for Potter it would be a another a big win you know I think away from home and to, to just you know get Chelsea back to kind of a, a calm place where we're winning games we're kind of expected to win you know Chelsea I don't think are going to do anything that ridiculous in the Premier League for the rest of the season but there is going to be that positivity and optimism and excitement around that Champions League quarterfinal and he needs to build up to that because the expectation should be a that's a 
big game and B, it could be against an even better opponent. So you, you want Chelsea to to get into that position like they did under Thomas Tuchel in 2021 with a more consistent 11, with an 11 that works a lot better. So I don't want to see wholesale changes like say we saw against Southampton after the last Champions League uh, midweek game because I just I think it disrupted things too radically. And of course, there are some enforced in, changes that he has to make here. But I don't think it has to be wholesale that then you completely scrap up the chemistry that has been built in the past two games so those are my thoughts you can follow me on twitter at son of chelsea and i will see you again very soon all the best 